wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. All right, everybody. Hello. Um, Welcome. Welcome to Wednesday. uh, North Ogden, Utah. Yeah. So a couple of things. Oh. One, um, I uh, I tested positive for COVID yesterday. I've been feeling under the weather since Sunday. And uh, so I was a little bit slow on Monday, I think, and feeling it a little bit today. But uh, I came I, upstairs to find this test kit laying on the counter. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, you're pregnant? Are you trying to tell me you're pregnant? So, so. Turned out to be a COVID test. It's so. just a COVID yeah. test. So, yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, if I'm a little slow, I may have to ask everyone to kind of like, you know, add their, their, uh, it, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, a um, little forgiveness, a little pre forgiveness forg- is what pre-forg- she asked. And then asked this before. morning, when Jim, <clears throat> when we were talking about this, he goes, okay, so I'm going to let you just kind of lead this one. And I was like, shoot. <laughs> Is that what you said? That's not the word. It was not what I said in my head. That's I, yeah. what I said out loud. So, yeah. well, um, it's no different. Yeah, than any of the yeah. rest. You just got us started. So, yeah. Again, well, welcome to Wednesday. Yeah. We uh, we got a couple things teed up. We got some Oops. more. Um, uh, of course, I'll remind everybody. We we have. Uh, looks like we'll have our guest on Friday. You want to re- oh, remind everybody um, who our Fred guest is from Coffee Guy. Yeah. Um, coffee. Coffee, car, car guy, guy coffee. coffee talk. Um, wrote an article recently um, about using AI uh, to help benefit your your dealership. So we're going to have Mon talk about the article and um, just That'll you know interesting. catch yeah. up catch up with him. So he's and he's then, a pretty amazing person. And then on Monday we've got Brent Carmichael joining. Monday we have Brent Carmichael. Tons, I have learning. so many questions for him. I only get to talk to him every so often. So I, have to I know. So it might be like a 40, 40 minute long, Maybe longer. Uh, podcast or something. I got something. a lot of math questions yeah. for him. And, no. and then um, for those of you who don't pay attention to stuff like <clears> this, uh, last night was the new moon, which means that the, like, the night sky is the darkest that it can be during the month, which is really awesome because tonight and tomorrow night is one of the biggest um, meteor showers or asteroid showers that you see throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So if you've got no clouds tonight and try to go somewhere where it's just, you can get even more dark. It's better because the moon is so dark and go out there and enjoy some of the stuff that we, we sometimes forget that we're, a planet in this massive solar system and there's just so many cool things going on so that's Fine. my my geek dumbness of watch the stars and enjoy the show i would love to do so, that at 25 degrees i may not last very i know long. and yeah. i'm like i don't i don't feel well but i can bundle so right. i don't know so yeah, we'll but you know you but, only get to see this specific one that pa- we pass through every year this time of the year so mm-hmm. if you get a chance go outside and take a look at it because that's just something to you know it's kind of like also this is the last um the last thing for before we start the new year and mm-hmm. so it's just like that's it's pretty it's pretty cool pretty exciting well, we got the and and winter solstice yeah. coming well up. solstice coming up jim is a solstice baby um born he was born on the solstice the winter solstice which is those of you who don't know the darkest or the 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 day that has the least light. 
<laughs> it's the shortest day of the it's year, the which is my birthday, which does not seem fair. There's nothing fair about that, but it, but it's all right. Whatever the solar system is. Mine's right at the uh, the summer solstice, and uh, so I guess that's like yin and yang. Yeah. Why we balance each other off so well? I don't know. Yeah. That, whatever. Yeah. So um, yeah. That, that's enough of that, guys. Um, so today we have a really special guest. I'm going to go ahead and bring her in, and then we can kind of talk about why. Hi, Maggie. Welcome. Hello. Yes. Hi, guys. Thanks yeah. for having me back. You're yeah, so welcome. We always enjoy having you. You're, and we you know, learn a lot. We learn a lot. I also enjoy um, conferences and the opportunity to just kind of get to know Maggie, because Maggie's a pretty fun person, and she's just, you know, got a lot of energy and a lot of positivity, and, and well, you guys are killing me here backstage. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's good stuff. Um, so uh, we were asked to be on a podcast with Maggie. Maggie, mm -hmm. CNM Coaching does, um, I, okay, there's the the drugs that I'm taking for my my elevate. Uh, elevate. Thank you. I was like seeing it coaching. <laughs> I, I was right. I should have written it down. Elevate. Um, we we recorded a podcast last Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should be coming out today. Coming out today, and it's about collection calls, and um, you know, like this is a really rough time of the year for a lot of people. It's it's one of the seasons of the year that a lot of our yeah. friends and dealers out there are having a little bit more of a struggle, just you know, keeping people on top of their payments and all of that. And so that was is that the reason why you decided to do this podcast? Yes, it, there were two reasons. Uh, the first was I really felt like we were missing some customer service in our collections calls. Mm -hmm. And also, I feel like there's a lack of questions in collections calls. Like when someone calls up and they can't make their payment, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's invasive to ask because you need to plan. Is this going to be something that's going to happen over and over? Or mm -hmm. is this the one off thing? And so mm -hmm. it kind of started to pile up, you know, we, um, me and my team, we use Slack to communicate. And mm -hmm. in our coaches chat, it's like, what happened to the customer service and collections, people are kind of getting ruder. And I don't know if it's because customers are paying less, or there's just more, you know, delinquencies and repos or what it was. And so I thought, why don't I get a collections manager and experts who have dealt with this and do consult with dealers on the collections level? And let's just have a chat about best practices in collections calls because I don't know that it's talked about enough. It's always money, 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 money. But like, if you want the money, you got to be nice to the person who has the money. So, so does it feel different than other years for you? A little bit, yes, definitely. I feel like the last... I want to say like three, probably three months, it's gotten worse to the point where people that we used to hear be, you know, kind of lively and outgoing with the customer have just gotten, I don't know. So, I don't, so are you seeing that, the, that angry customers are on the rise or that the, just our customer service managers are on uh, that their anger is on the rise. I think it's a lot of pressure coming from the top down and then it's hitting that collector. And then the collector is feeling the stress wow. of not being able to collect enough, but sometimes it's out of their hands. Uh, like during COVID, right? What were any of us supposed to do? Uh, so I think that the stress comes from the top down. We also need to make sure that we're supporting that team with proper training. And I 
I really haven't seen a rise in angry customers. If anything, it's people who are experiencing job loss or the overall increase in cost of living, but wages not going up at the same time. And then them just being like, holy crap, I can't afford things. And I think that, you know, sometimes you have to do that reevaluation. You know, if you have a customer that's like almost a year from paying off their car and they're like, I can't pay this anymore. Okay. We need to figure something out. We don't want that car back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that, is that it's not the, the quality of the call. It's, 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 it's like the level of calmness and patientness mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. that, that the collectors, those who are receiving the call are giving mm-hmm. that, that what I'm hearing you also say is that, that you're, I don't know if it's an assumption or whatever, but it's like, we're hearing out there that dealers are, are, are more stressed Mm-hmm. about payments and because their lenders are, are tightening their belts. And mm-hmm. so they're probably like, we got to get the payments in or, you know, we're having a problem with covenants or they're, you know, they're tightening the stuff. So, so what I'm kind of hearing is it really is it's top down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so hopefully there's a lot of dealers out there listening that can, that can take a kind of a peek at how they're communicating with their, with their collectors right now. You're absolutely collections is tough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, And I work with small stores. I'll work with a store that has two people, a husband and a wife running a store, and they are doing collections. And so they're on the front lines. If you own a big store and you're not listening to those phone calls and you don't know what's happening, I feel like if you're not in the thick of it or at least try to be mindful of what your team is experiencing, then you're missing a huge management opportunity. Like if, if one of my coaches called me today and said, I'm sick. I need you to coach my calls for me. I would jump right in there and do it. I haven't coached calls in like two years, but I would do it if somebody needed me to. I I still listen to what they're doing. And I think when you own a company that is responsible for collections, don't just trust that everything that you expect them to do is being done and listen for yourself. Yeah. One of the things that happens, uh, Maggie, of course, we're having this conversation on a white hat Wednesday and white hat way for us is a lot of things. One of those Mm -hmm. things is trust. And so I think, uh, especially to, for today, we could talk about maybe what I would call cumulative trust. You know, when you talk about asking that customer to, you know, ask them why, you know, what's going on? How come you're short? I mean, I think a lot of that has how successful we are in that conversation often to me has a lot to do with whatever history we have with the customer. Have we established mm-hmm. some level of, uh, we call it equity, some equity with the right. customer? way that you know we can have that conversation and, and the customer can still trust that we're 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 interested in their success because you know that all the customer knows is what they see and hear mm-hmm. so i think you know what what their their willingness to tell us much might have a lot to do with the the nature yeah. of the relationship and if they're there. only hearing from us when um, i know when we've done something or you know it, when when they've are behind or they've done something that that is you know, uh, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Our customer that we serve in the buy here, payer space and lease here, payer space, they're, they're struggling as it is. Right. I mean, the oh, yeah. money's tight. They're, they're, they're paycheck to paycheck. And so that's kind of their reality. And then mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you, you know, put Christmas on top of that, it's not mm-hmm. surprising that we're going to have of the year is, yeah. is it is kind of typical that people mm-hmm. run for 
effort. But dealers are yeah. used to dealing yeah. with this through, you know, through seasons. It's just the thing we have different this year is that we have this, we have a lot of high costs. Think, think <laughs> that in fuel prices come down in our area. I hope everybody's experiencing that. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. the main idea here, though, is that when we just feel like that sometimes we suffer as dealers by not having much of a relationship with the customer outside a past due phone call. Right. And so this is, and you can see why that would compound at a time like this, where we would, that would really uh, show its head, you know, in terms of uh, that, that problem. So this is part of where Michelle and I spend a lot of our work in trying to, you know, create things so that that relationship is, is mended and better, you know. White Hat Way too is not about just customer facing. White Hat Way is also about what's happening. What's your culture like in your dealership? Is that that is actually the springboard for all the stuff that you do with your customers? True. So, what's happening, you know, what level of support do um, our team members feel from us? And it's you know, it's it's interesting uh, when you think about just like the the typical week during in a dealership, and let's say that the the RFC or the collections department is there as well. You know, the dealer is like congratulating high fives, all of the stuff. We did a bunch of sales. We just, you know, all of that. Where is that? Is is that happening? Is that happening with the collectors? Are they given kudos for good job and, and, you know, getting excited or, or are the dealers placing a lot of emphasis on what it is that's the front end that mm-hmm. is the straight line, which is like that part, that's just that's just uh, that's the small part about what's going to be happening for the next three years. So dealers, take a really close look about what you're celebrating mm-hmm. in your dealership. Are you celebrating? Are you celebrating the right things? And then something you said before is like it's support. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that you, know, you you do a lot of training. I've worked uh, quite a bit in in customer service, so I've had I've had um, teams all across the U.S. that that are on the phones. And support is really, really important. And so part of the support, I think that there are two things, and I just want to kind of get your your feedback on this. Mm-hmm. One of them is support them with training. You mentioned that just a second ago. I just so, wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, support them with training. Um, you know, and training doesn't have to come from you. No. It doesn't have to, it, it, it can come from a YouTube video for crying mm-hmm. out loud, if 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 that's what it is. And support and having an open door. Yeah. Um, that's that to me is like super super critical. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on those two things? Is there anything I'm missing? <clears throat> well, I feel like it's really hard to hold somebody accountable for something if you haven't really taught them how to do it. Amen. Right? Say that again. <laughs> and I think that we do that a lot in not only collections but sales both. Yeah. Um, would you dream of hiring someone off the street to rebuild a transmission? Mm-hmm. No, I mean right. we can throw YouTube in front of them and say, "Hey, crack at it, man!" I'm not driving that car, <laughs> um, you know. But like, it's the same kind of concept. And collections isn't just about give me the money. And this is a debate I've had many times with my dear friend David Brotherton, um, because he's like, "We're here to get the money," and I, and I'm like, "But be nice while doing it." Um, but I still think having a process is really important, mm-hmm. and. Also, objection handling techniques and de-escalation techniques. Because when you have a crazy customer on the phone, I played a call at TIADA last year, a collections call, and this girl called up and she was hot to trot. She was screaming at the guy who answered the phone, and she's like, that little beep over there called me, and she beep, and the whole thing was just beep, 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 and the crowd was loving it. 
basically what happened was she was late on her payment. So they added in an extra, you know, $29.99 or whatever. She didn't want to pay that. So she screamed at the woman she was speaking to, hung up, and then called this other gentleman. Well, this other gentleman has dealt with her tons of times. He immediately knew how to defuse the situation. He got the payment after she ranted and raved at him. And he goes, I can see why she hung up on you. I wouldn't want to talk to you if you were going off like this. Golly, you know, he says to her. But he handled it beautifully. He got the money. And those de-escalation techniques are so important because we don't always listen. We always want to talk, talk, talk and get our spiel out. Um, and I'm really excited for our podcast to come out because I played a call for you guys that went just like that. The customer calls up and the first 10 seconds of the call are him doing nothing but yelling at the customer about what she owes, what his job title is. And that's not how you go about a call. So, you know, when we post that later, everybody mm -hmm. listen to that phone call and then check out your own phone calls. But remember, if you're going to hold them accountable for something, make sure you've taught them how to do it and then make sure that they have the support to be able to execute it. Meaning if they get stuck, are you there to help? Do you have, you know, um, a whiteboard with different objections on it and teach them some ways to handle those things? Have set policies in place. I can't tell you how many times we start training a collections team and everyone does promise to pay is different. You, you can't have that. Right. I don't want to call, uh, you know, four different collectors and get four different answers. I want one answer from everyone across the board. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk agree. to Mary. She gives me 14 days, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of part of what happened. Uh -huh. Listen, I don't want to uh, insert myself between you and David Brotherton, but I got to say, one of the things I hear out there, and this is something we've seen and talked about along for many years, is like, you know, we can apply pressure to a customer if, you know, we, if we say to a customer, look, I need that payment by six o'clock on Friday or else, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to get some payments. But I think the, the downside is what about the next 35 payments? I mean, where does that leave our relationship with the customer mm -hmm. when the yeah. customer can't do it or the customer pays us and neglects mm -hmm. rent? And, you know, it's just, we, mm -hmm. we kind of have a more comprehensive approach to the whole thing and, and with a, a long-term outlook. And yeah. so this is why you hear us talk about some yeah. of emphasizing collection efficiency over delinquency. And let's, let's make sure collectors are being rewarded for the job that they do for us. Cause as you said, it's a difficult and important. Yeah. yeah. Right. It is. Agreed. Um, there are a couple of things I, I was, I, we talked during the podcast about some of the things that, that I um, had the privilege to teach others. And one of those, um, well, and I'll get, I'll, well, the one I talked about was breathing. Mm -hmm. And so all of you collectors out there, all of you dealers out there, all of you salespeople out there, everyone out there that deals with an angry person, one of the best things that you can do to help keep yourself calm is to breathe. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking, and there's psychology behind this. Yes. Slow breath. When you get angry, watch your breath because it's like <laughs> <laughs> you can slow your breathing down, breathe deeply in, breathe deeply out. That will help you stay calm. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important. When you have someone that's angry in front of you, you stay calm. One of the things about when someone approaches you that's full of anger and wants to, wants to get, I mean, they want to make you angry because yeah. people usually want you to mirror what it is that of they're first they do. Yeah, exactly. And so, mm -hmm. um, so it's, you be calm and that it's, it's amazing how, when you maintain that level of calm, mm -hmm. still being an active listener. That's what I was going to say. If you're breathing, you're listening, you're listening. <laughs> so an active listener means you're doing more listening than talking. Mm -hmm. 
um, that you are also personalizing. It's like, oh, Jane, I'm so sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. Or, or uh, whatever it is that you need to do to personalize. Remember, breathing, staying calm, active listening, acknowledging their emotions. That Validate. You don't have to say we were wrong. No. You just have to say, "Why well, you sound really frustrated. Mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and so let's, let's figure out how we can help and how we can, how we can, um, how we can uh, fix the situation. Use positive language. It's like the, the word help. I'm here to help. Well, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I did, of course, because this is what I do. But your voice tone completely changed when you're giving all this advice. You went into mother, calm, understanding voice tone. You were talking different before. Yeah. And that's, you should put that as a bullet point because use oh, your voice inflection. Voice inflection. It really, you didn't even know you were doing it and you're doing it. Yeah. And then there was one last one is, is restate what they told you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because people don't think you heard them yes. if you go straight into your response. They think you heard them mm -hmm. if before you respond to them, you restate what they told you. Yeah. yeah. So take the time because it's, it really is when you're dealing with someone that's angry, mm -hmm. it is not the time to hurry up and get off the phone no. unless it's like abusive because that's with my teams. I was like, no one deserves to be abused on the no. phone. You have the right. That was one of the things I loved about the call is she's like, sir, it's, uh, I really am not okay with you talking to me this way. And I don't want to have to cut the conversation off. So let's get this done. Mm -hmm. and, and having that, that, um, you know, not, not taking abuse. Um, so yeah. anything that you would right. add to that? Uh, no, I think all of that was great. I, the repeating back to them, I, train on that. And I always say like, don't sound like a robot, you know, but yes, it's really important that you do make sure they understand that you heard them because that's what they want. Mm -hmm. and, and when you said like mirroring, you know, it's a hundred percent true. They want you to be as angry as they are. They want you to feel their frustration. Mm -hmm. And we use the same thing in sales when you have a customer that's like, oh, I need a car and they're going on and on about it. It's like, you want to be as positive as possible to mirror you know, to get them to mirror you is essentially what you're right. doing. But in this case, you want to do the same thing. You want to get them to calm down. And um, I, although those tips are exactly what we try to teach, because all too often we immediately want to respond with an answer. And like you said, that's going to create aggression. The customer mm -hmm. is going to feel immediately defensive and it's highly likely to further escalate as opposed to deescalate the situation. Yeah. Okay. One of the things, Meg, I look forward to having you back on a conversation. Maybe we can make a note here. Oh, somebody we just killed our light. So lost a light, to, but I, we're, we're having technical. <laughs> in the dark. Um, yeah. The so light's got COVID. I'd, yeah, I'd love to have you come back, Maggie, and talk to us about authority. I mean, we talked a little bit here, but I think it's a whole big subject about what level of authority collectors can have. Obviously, that's a business matter for every dealer to decide how they mm -hmm. want business. I think what I'm hearing when I when I hear Michelle and you talking about active listening, I I view, and I remember I said on, on your podcast that um, I like to think of collectors as chief problem solvers. Mm -hmm. So if I'm listening to an upset customer, I hope that regardless of what words I choose, you know, through this lens, I'm hearing it through the lens of, uh, I have Mr. Mr. Customer, I'm listening and I know that I have the authority to solve your problem and I hope and expect to do that. So let me make sure I fully understand the problem and I want to try to not use band-aids. I want to try to solve the problem in the most permanent way possible. And I know this is, 
counter to what we see in a lot of a lot of collection departments they're measured on time and how how fast can you turn out your calls and i think what we're really advocating for is let's take our time and let's understand the customer and let's try mm -hmm. not to band-aids because otherwise mm -hmm. you know another collector is going to be dealing with this frustration two weeks from now yeah and so we just do the best we can to solve it so this is where the authority thing comes in like what authority do i have as a collector mm -hmm. to really solve the problem irrespective of my actual authority in the dms mm -hmm. I certainly can listen and take the proposal to an, a supervisor mm -hmm. suggestion, but we can see how that becomes really difficult if I'm a collector and I take it to a supervisor and my proposals are shot down and again and again, then then that becomes really demoralizing. And, well, and, and it's, like it's also, I mean, it, that doesn't mean that a, a collector should just take every proposal that they think. Right, of, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you want to be able to give them some um, bumpers mm -hmm. uh, and, the, you know, here's your box and... Yeah my box but they're not the same box so <laughs> so you know. well, i'm a big fan of flow charts like our word tracks are written in flow chart style and i feel like it should be the same thing for collections you know these are the three four different things that could happen and then a path for them to follow to know when yeah. it's appropriate to escalate to yeah. a manager and i i have another phone call that i i didn't play um i played it at one of the conferences i spoke at on collections but basically what happens is the the gentleman calls up his vehicle's been turned off and he's just turned the beeping truck back on he's screaming at her screaming at her and i'm thinking to myself if she would have said exactly what jim said just now like, hey, let's try to figure out, I want to provide provide a solution for you, help the best way I can. The call would have never escalated. But instead, the two of them got into a swearing match, yeah. you know, and it ends up with no solution. And so how you address, the first thing you say after they're done screaming at you is really important. And I still think boundaries are critical. Uh, I follow a three strikes, you're out rule. First time they swear at you, ask them to stop. Second time they do it, you give them a warning. Look, I've already asked you, please refrain from treating me this way. I'm doing the best I can to help. I need to get some facts from you. Let's try to stay calm. Maybe don't say that, but I'm to yeah. the collector, stay calm. Um, <laughs> don't, especially if it's a woman, please don't tell her to calm down. Um, and then after that, if they do it again, then you got to say, you know, I'm going to disconnect this call. I'm going to have my supervisor give you a call and you got to hang up yeah. because nobody should be screamed at, sworn at, uh, degraded. Um, I had somebody call a customer one time, a greedy VIT, fill in the blank. Um, and she's like, you're 74 days past due. How am I greedy? You know, it probably wasn't the best response, but right, she's right. right. <laughs> like, so, no, you know, we don't always have to be right. <laughs> no. But you know, when I think of authority, I, I think of verbiage, um, in a phone call, I think of verbiage, I think of vocal tone, and then I think of some sort of flow chart for your staff, ins and outs of rules, policies, when you want this to be escalated. Sometimes, too, just a different collector calling the customer can make a difference, a fresh voice. It doesn't even have to be a, pe a person of authority. It just sometimes needs to be someone else, yeah. uh, like mom and dad, you know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think for me, where I'm coming from on that is regardless of what words I choose and, and your flowchart probably goes kind of this direction. Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to respond to the customer in a way that says, I have the authority and the desire to mm -hmm. solve this problem. Yeah. So listening accordingly. Like mm -hmm. I, I need to understand the problem. I have a willingness mm -hmm. to help solve the problem for mm -hmm. you. And so as soon as you quit seeing me as the enemy, mm -hmm. you know, we can accomplish right. 
more. So it's it's so regardless of what words I choose to get there, yeah. my my approach is I'm not the enemy. I'm I'm the person who can help you solve this problem, you know. And so again, I may not use those exact words, but that's certainly the approach mm -hmm. that I would be trying to bring. And I just think, you know, we talk about a 10-year approach to collections and all departments in the business. And so while it's Christmas 2023 that we're having this conversation, in reality, if this customer is going to be with us 10 years, and that will largely be because of the way we handle them mm -hmm. and, and handle their, their setbacks, then I think we don't have to get so excited mm -hmm. about the, the delinquency. And I know as a former dealer, dealers hear me say that and think, I, you know, I can't stand a certain amount of delinquency. But, you know, if the alternative is repos and charge off, then I think we can stand a little more delinquency and a little more cooperation yeah. and problem solving. So. I want to I close off with just a little bit of some tips for collection managers or dealers to help support their team. Because, mm -hmm. again, it's, you know, White Hat Way is an internal thing as well. And so there are a couple of things that uh, I'd like to get your, your, your uh, thoughts on. Yeah. Um, first off is, you know, as a collector a manager and and a and a, a dealer manager it's a really good idea to help when you, we talked about celebrating the sale mm -hmm. how about how about we start to celebrate a diffusing a customer Mm -hmm. um, we celebrate, we were able to take this person who was really angry and create a raving fan from mm -hmm. them at the end of the conversation. That is something more to celebrate than selling a car. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, I, I think that if you, it kind of goes back to your open door policy. If you have collectors that feel comfortable coming to you and talking to you about things, they should feel comfortable enough to say, hey, this phone call just came through. This is the caller ID. Can you pull this call? I think this would be a good learning experience for the team. Okay. But I think a lot of times people are scared to to do that. And unless you have somebody like us listening to your phone calls all the time, it's weird to hear yourself back on a phone call. True. Me, it's nothing. Um, but to some people, it is a really big deal. And I sympathize with that. But I still think if you did something right, it should be acknowledged and everyone should have the opportunity to learn from it. Because at the end of the day, I realize that you are one collector, one manager, you know, one owner, but really you're nothing without everyone else too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sure. And then one of the final things that I, I just... It, it was a privilege to work with the teams that I worked with. Mm -hmm. The open door policy is that they knew that if they had a difficult call, they could send me a text message and say, hey, can I talk to you about this call that happened at this time? So I knew the yeah. time stamp and say at the end of the day, can I because because I want to see how I could have better handled that. Yes. And so taking the opportunity when you when you create an atmosphere within your department, mm -hmm. where someone feels safe to come and talk to you because they know they're going to get good coaching. Yeah. Then it's you really create a, a team that just feels very secure in the team, and and it's a lot easier for them to be able to relay that to the to mm -hmm. the customer when they feel like I'm appreciated, you know, yeah. I'm taught, and then that they can leave the end of the day with not feeling like I have to go home and drink a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> Um, the stuff. Yeah, I had uh, Audrey uh, Dollar. She's from Rainy Used Cars in Georgia on my podcast like several months ago. And that was one of the things that she talked about was making sure that she had a safe relationship with her collectors where they felt like if something like this happened, it wasn't going to be the end of their job, that they were going to come together and try to figure out a way to overcome it. And then again, sharing that knowledge with the rest of your team is so, so critical. So I think... I hate to say safe 
space, but, you know, a safe environment where people feel like they have someone that they can trust that is going to provide them with, uh, you know, an opinion that's not biased, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so some support and encouragement yeah. and all of the other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. There's that word trust again. And it, mm-hmm. it applies in our relationship with our customers and our relationship mm-hmm. with our team. We, we, we really will benefit from establishing some level of trust. And so this is part of why we, you know, we talk about it a lot. You'll hear us. We won't shut up about it in 2024. You're going to uh, talk about trust. It's just starting. You know, I think that something else before we leave that I think is important is a welcome call because I do think it establishes trust between the collector and the person that they're going to be working with. I mean, I have a couple of stores that have gone as far as to make videos. You don't have to do that. I know some collectors don't want people to know their face because they don't want to bump into Joe Schmo at the grocery store. But uh, I think a brief welcome call to introduce, give out your contact information, have a quick chat, maybe verify just two or three things on their app to make sure, you know, they feel like they're having a conversation with that person. Give them a chance to hear your voice. It also helps when they get behind and they know that they have someone that they've already, you know, met. Imagine you getting this phone call out of the blue and they want to know all these things about your life. It's tough. So I think welcome calls also help establish trust between the collector and the customer as well. I I, I love that. And I lo- and I would like to take it a little bit so I just uh after that welcome call, you know, a lot of our, our systems we have in our in our dealerships have the ability to send texts and video texts mm-hmm. or and and so if there's something like there's been some kind of a this is how you fix this or this is this is what we do here or whatever mm-hmm. that that collector can send out and say, Hey Mary, I was just wanted to share this with you. Um, you know, uh mm-hmm. Something that, that we we just we just put together, and so if you've got any questions, give me a call. But just to just quick things like that, part of our collector's time, I think it, every dealership would benefit if a collector was also spending some of their time not just trying to hound down money, but trying to build relationships, and that was part of their job. What a birthday text! Like those are you can automate those. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and oh, yeah, exactly. I just I hope we'd have more routine dialogue. That's yeah. you know actual dialogue that you know yes. we build up some. Some sort of relationship yeah. and one mention i would throw on top of your uh, welcome call is and i get why collectors might not want to have their face on a video i think in this day and age there's some fun animations and so for every collector could oh, have yeah. an animated video oh, that yeah. goes out so with their easy. voice that's a so great idea get a text message that's personal from me and it has a little fun video that's mm-hmm. my voice and it says and now as the dealer i can be sure that every customer's hearing the same mm-hmm thing so when i yeah. think open door policy i'm thinking about the point of closing where what do we say to the mm-hmm. customer about how are we going to handle their account for the next three mm-hmm. years you know how how's that dialogue go so this is a chance for us to manage that dialogue mm-hmm. be a firm and the thing i also love about welcome calls is that we're used car dealers at the end of the day right and so what we say before closing you know is is one thing what what we say to the customer after closing to reinforce and say hey yeah. we we still mean what we said before you bought the car. <laughs> and don't forget to refer your friends and family because we're excellent. Like, that's what you're saying. Yeah. You're demonstrating it. Yeah, it's exactly. Like it. It's following exactly. through. So it's following through yeah. on on what, you know, you said you would do at the time of closing. Yeah. And so it's a way to reinforce. And of course, to add to that, people are busy on the day of closing. A lot of stuff coming at them, drinking out of a fire hose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so the ability Wait, we've, to- that's, we've talked about that an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And it's worth reiterating is that there, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. There's high emotions too, like, and stress too. Because sometimes those customers are like, oh, can I really afford this? Even after they've signed the paperwork. So- yeah. 
Yeah, they're yeah. not thinking straight. Call them, yeah. in, you know, three days and have a chat with them. And exactly. yeah, I'm a big fan of welcome calls. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you would like to share before we wrap up today, Maggie? That was it. Was my welcome calls. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think um, we didn't really address Anna Maria's comment about. Oh. It. We're not quite un understanding how it is that you managed to get younger. If you Every would mind time. sharing those I mean, tips, she's. So. Uh, we would like to know where you found this youth uh, fountain of youth. They say it's in Florida. It's I'm in Wisconsin. I think it just happens when you're a ghost faced ginger. Like I said to Michelle before we went live, like I'm so freaking white. I'm as pale as the wall behind me because, you know, so stay the, out of the sun. Live in Wisconsin, stay out of the sun. Got it. There you yep. go. Okay, Got good it. for the skin. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Maggie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you always. Thanks for having us on your podcast. For everyone out there, um, it's the podcast is called Elevate by CNM Coaching, and it's a it's a really great platform. You're going to want to hear those yeah, calls. You, you're going to want to listen to everything that she's done before because there's lots of really great information. Maggie, stick around in the background, and we will chat with you in just a second. Thank you. So all right, guys. Thanks so much for joining. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you all on Friday.